Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. You are in the gymnasium with me, Jim Barron, on this 6th of January as we talk about some football. Yes, the Bucks trying to win the division title. A couple other teams trying to do the same thing, but we're going to break down all the games tell you what the Bucks need to do to win or what they don't need to do. We're going to talk about the Lightning with a great win the other night. We're going to be talking a little bit of Rays. Not so good news with them. College football, of course. National Championship Monday night. Number here, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email. We'll get it read on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. In the heart of Brandon, you'll find your local fine jeweler. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry. We've settled into our new location, directly behind our old building at the southeast corner of Robertson and Kings Avenue. At Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. Our inventory clearance sale is on now and runs through September 16th. Stop by and take advantage of some incredible prices. Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Ed says, stop by and see our new showroom at 201 South Kings Avenue in the heart of Brandon. Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully everyone survived the holiday season and getting ready for a happy, healthy, and prosperous 2024. Last week, we talked about meaningful football games for the Bucks in December, how important that was. Well, how about we do one better and talk about meaningful football games in January? Because here we are, January 6th, and we're going to be talking about the Bucks. Going up to Carolina for week 17 in the NFL season. It's actually week 18. It will be game number 17 for them. We are 8-8 eight and eight in that NFC South division. We're tied with the Saints and a game ahead of Atlanta. So what does it mean? Before we talk about the game tomorrow, I think it's important that we look back at the game last week. We had won four games in a row previously to last week's game against the Saints. We had beaten the Panthers, who, of course, were playing tomorrow. We had beaten the Falcons, another division rival. The Packers up there in Green Bay and a convincing win against Jacksonville two weeks ago by a score of 30 to 12. So all we had to do last week was beat the Saints. Of course, we're playing here on our home field at Raymond James. All we have to do is beat the Saints and we clinch the division. So what do we do? Well, we go out there and played what I thought was the worst game of the year. We looked horrendous. From the coaching staff all the way down, I, I don't think Mayfield played well. The fans, they're actually booing the team. I thought they were playing in Philly there for a second. 
They did nothing till the end of the third quarter. The fans had a right. They paid money to go see that game. Uh, it, was, it was terrible for the first three quarters. We came alive a little bit at the end. We scored um, 13 points total. But when we look at what we did, you have to look at the way the season's been. What are the expectations for this team on a week-in, week-out basis? I know when the season first started back in September and we're doing all of our predictions for the year, I predicted the Bucks would win seven games. That was about all I saw on the schedule for manageable victories. Um, it was close. They won eight, so I'm happy that I was wrong in the other direction, but Quite honestly, right now, we should be 9-7. and seven. The division should be clinched. We should be resting our starters, getting ready to host a playoff game next weekend in the wild card. But no, what we're doing right now is we have to fight for our lives to get into the playoffs after last week's performance. For the life of me. I do not know what the Bucks coaching staff, what their philosophy was last week, starting with as soon as the Jaguars game was over. Great victory. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it for about two hours and then get ready to come back in and practice on Monday. When I say practice on Monday, I don't mean in full gear, full pads, no, physical. I mean, come in. But no, we... The Bucks were given the day off on Monday. I think they came in on uh, Wednesday, actually. In the meantime, the team that we're playing, the Saints, because it's Saints week, again, win the game, we win the division. What are they doing? Their coach has them practice in pads. You can only practice in pads so many times a year. Uh, I think it's 14, 11 before a certain point in the season, but their coach had them put pads on and they're going to come into this game in our home field and just punch us in the mouth and out physical us all the way through. That was what their game plan was. Guess what? Guess whose game plan worked? The Saints. They just came down here and they just showed us how physical of a team that they can be. Now, everyone thought before the season started that the Saints would probably win that division. Um, You know, and I thought they had a very good chance of doing it as well. But after we beat the Saints earlier in the season, I thought that we had a very good chance of winning this division and we should have wrapped it up. Now, You can talk about the preparation, the expectations. Again, this is a 500 team that we're talking about, the the Bucks I'm talking about. The Saints also are a 500 team, but Tampa Bay is a 500 team. Now, they look good one week. They look lousy the next two. They look good the next three. And it just keeps on going that way throughout the whole season. There isn't any consistency with this team. Some of the things that I saw in last week's game that really bothered me was the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of emotion. I saw no emotion. I don't see anything. You talk about Carolina. They're a 2-14 team. But the owner is throwing, you know, water on fans. You have their quarterback, Rice Young, slamming down 
the iPad there in between the plays, not liking what he sees on that. You know what? Are those things right to do? I'm not saying they are. Definitely never throw water on fans. They're paying to go see your miserable 2-14 and 14 team. So I don't know what the heck he's thinking. But again, there's an emotion. I don't see emotions with this team, with the Bucks, when even when they're winning. Who's that person that steps up? I know that Tristan Worfs gave a good halftime speech, I'm told, in the game and said, let's rally the troops, let's get behind them and you know, come out in the second half and win. We saw how that worked out, didn't really respond to it. How do you not respond? You're at home in front of your fans trying to wrap up the division. All you have to do is go out there play hard, and you'll probably get a victory. Instead, we go out there with a game plan that we didn't even try to adjust until the end of the third quarter. I'm not sure what Bowles Canales was thinking. Their offensive game plan last week was we're going to run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, and if we have to, we'll pass on third. You could go to a junior high school or a high school football game and they're going to have the same exact game plan. So I don't know what these guys were thinking going into the game. You have to get the ball to the playmakers. I I hear Bulls talking after the game. Well, they did a good job of double teaming Mike Godwin. They did a good job of double teaming, you know, Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. What are you talking? If, If they're double teaming both those guys, don't you think that somebody is open? Come on. Even the first-time football fan can figure that one out. Yeah, Otten across the middle. Yeah, he did get a couple looks at, but you got to give him the ball more. What happened to White out of the backfield? Finally, in the games that we were winning, when we beat the Panthers, the Falcons, the, the Packers, and the Jags, we were able to get White the ball coming out of the backfield a little bit. We're not, we weren't able to run. The Saints said, you know what? You are not going to run the ball on us. And we didn't. They were right, and they pretty much just controlled the game the whole way through. Now, one of the things the Saints, I I think the Saints played dirty a lot of times. If you remember the injury to Godwin last time, last year, that was against the Saints. That was on a cheap shot. Uh, Mayfield took a cheap shot, in my opinion, at the end of the game against the Saints. His ribs are... You know, bruised right now. There was talk all week this week about uh, him not practicing, about will he be able to go on Sunday? Uh, you know, what precautions are, are, are being made? Well, the precautions were Kyle Trask got most of the reps in practice this week. So people are saying, well, if Mayfield doesn't play, do you, do you start Trask? If Mayfield isn't you know, 100%, what's going to happen to his production on the field? I'll say this. No one is going to question Baker Mayfield's toughness on this team. He's shown throughout the year that he's a leader and he gives 110% every game and he does all he can do to help his team win. And that includes you know, running the ball when he has to, taking some shots to the body and whatnot. Unfortunately, due to the cheap shot that he got hit with on the Saints, he's not 100% right now. The question is, what percentage is he going to be at come game time on Sunday? Now, if he's at 50%, do you play him? Is a healthy 50% Mayfield better than 100% Kyle Trask? 
That's the question you have to ask yourself. And here's the issue that I have. Bowles is not good at making those decisions. Bowles doesn't want, he shies away from all those decisions. Despite the fact that I will say this, if the Bucks lose this game tomorrow, Bowles is done. He will not be the coach next year should the Bucks lose the game tomorrow. The Glaciers want to see improvement. The improvement would be the Bucks winning the division, getting to the, of course, the playoff game and winning a playoff game. So I really think that Bowles needs to win the playoff game to be able to secure his job and along with some other coaches on this team. Um, I don't have any inside information about that, but that's just my opinion. Now, at what point do you make the switch? Suppose you go out there. Uh, I'm, I'm saying Mayfield's going to start. I know that people are saying, well, maybe he shouldn't. If he's not 100%, it's a must-win game. I'm going to go on the line and say Baker Mayfield's going to go out there and start the game. Now, at what point, if he goes out there and isn't able to get the ball downfield, if, in fact, a couple sluggish series, at what point do you consider maybe going to Trask and putting the other quarterback in and seeing what they can do. That's the question that you're going to have to ask yourself, and that's the question that we're going to you know, have all the drama to find out what's going on. Is Baker going to be able to throw the ball down the field, or is he going to have to go with a lot of short passes, dumps off to the running backs, whatever it may be? That's that's yet to be seen. We don't know. But I am going to say that Mayfield's going to start the game, and we're going to see how it goes from there. On the other side, you have... Of course, Carolina. This is a team that is two and fourteen. So you should be able to start Kyle Trask or any other backup quarterback in the league and have somewhat of a success against this team. Now, if you remember, because they are they are a divisional team, we play them twice a year. So we did beat them 21 to 18 earlier in the season and that was down here so we escaped with a field goal victory and that was here at home so what's going to happen up there on the road they're a professional team even though it appears as though Carolina has packed it in and wanted to go home for the last uh, five or six weeks they're still going to come out and probably play uh, as professionals and try to win this game because they see an opportunity to knock Tampa out of the whole uh, playoff picture. And, and that's, that's a possibility if they do lose this game. It would be a travesty if they lost. Again, look at the perspective. This team is a 500 team at best. So this game, you know, really, is, are they going to be the team that goes out there that we saw win four games in a row? Or are they the team that we saw lose five out of six not so long ago? We'd love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. We'll get to a couple emails on the other side of this break. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160. 
That's 800-390-5160. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Now, we're talking about the Bucks in the first segment. I want to go to an email here. Justin from Ruskin is saying, Jimmy B, what do the Bucks need to do with their game plan to secure a victory against the Panthers this Sunday? Well, Justin, that's a great question. Um, what they need to do is just look back to what they did when the games that they won. When the games that they win, they use a balanced offense. They don't try to jam the ball down the defense's throat every time they get the ball and trying to run it. Yes, it's okay to pass the ball on first down bowls. Canales. It's okay to pass the ball on second down. You don't have to wait to third and seven to go out there and, and, and try to look downfield. Now, saying that, the best offense sometimes is a good defense. The games that we've won, the defense has stepped up and led the way. I've been saying that for 17 weeks right now, is that our team goes as the defense takes us. Should it be that way? Well, you have to play with what you have. No, we do have some playmakers, but we're not able to get the ball to those playmakers all the time for some reason. On the defensive side of things, let's talk about Antoine Winfield Jr. He was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. He definitely should have been on the team. Now, I'm going to say this in, in all honesty. These, uh, the, the Pro Bowl, the All-Star Games with you know, baseball and, and basketball and even the, the NHL format, to me, the All-Star Games and the Pro Bowls have really lost their luster over the years. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's more of a... Um, advertising, media, propaganda type of thing, in my opinion. So whether you make the Pro Bowl or not shouldn't really matter to any fans. It should really just, you know, maybe be a part of someone's contract potentially for an added bonus or something along those lines. But nonetheless, Winfield got snubbed. He's going to be out there ready to play. You have a quarterback on um, Carolina's starting team, Bryce Young. I've said all along, the, the kid's too small to play in the NFL. He can't see over half his offensive and defensive line that's out there. He is able to run a little bit, but he needs to put on some weight. He's very fragile. So we have a chance to go out there and you have to put some pressure on him. The teams that put pressure on him, they lose. Carolina doesn't win too many games. They're 2-14, and 14, if I haven't said that you know, yet, which I know I have. So, yes, we can put pressure on Bryce Young and go out there and make some plays. You look at Levante David, unbelievable stats this year. He's probably, you know, I would say almost Hall of Fame stats, to be honest with you. Uh, but... That he can't do it by himself. You have Devin White two weeks ago against Jacksonville played great, maybe the best game that he's had. All of a sudden, he goes back to himself last week. 
in that game against the Saints. We can't have that. Again, the inconsistency of this team is just overwhelming from week to week. You have no idea which team you're going to see. So our defense needs to step up to be able to go out there and lead the way for the offense. On the offensive side of the ball, it's not that hard. A couple of things need to happen. Number one, you, you can have a good balance and again, you don't have to pass the ball on the first two downs and then, I mean, run it on the first two downs and then pass on the third. You can you can do it the other way, maybe. I'd love to have a third and one versus a third and six or a third and seven. So let White get the ball, try to establish the run early in the game, and it would take some pressure off of Mayfield's ribs. Yeah, I get that. I think that's a good idea. Let's try that. But, you know, we do not want to wait, nor can we afford to wait till the third quarter, fourth quarter to make adjustments. If the first couple of series were not running the ball successfully, then we need to go to plan B and get the ball to our playmakers. I don't want to hear that Evans was double teamed. Mike Evans did make the Pro Bowl. He was the only Buck player to make it this year. Again, Pro Bowl to me doesn't mean anything. But saying that, he needs to get open and the Bucks need to find a way, design some plays to get the ball to him, to make some catches, to be able to move the chains and score. Now, don't tell me that you can't score, you can't get the ball to somebody even if they're double teamed because I see it with other teams. Yes, it's a little more difficult. You have to be a little more creative, but you're not going to sit there and pod balls after the game and tell me that both Godwin and Evans were double teamed and you couldn't find anyone to get the ball to. I'm not buying that. Get the ball the more if you have to. Whomever might be the receiver that is open, somebody is going to be open. Give Mayfield time to go out there, protect him. The offensive line, this is your chance, guys, to step up and really show, let's go out and get one for your team leader. The team leader is Baker Mayfield on this team, no doubt. So go out there, protect him, and you know, let, let's develop a game plan around that to go out there and let him perform at the level that he's able to. We should be able to beat Carolina, whether Mayfield's a quarterback or Trask is a quarterback. It shouldn't matter if the game plan is correct. All right, some other games. There's two games today. You had the Steelers at the Ravens. That's at 4.30 this afternoon. Uh, the Ravens are locked in at the number one seed in the AFC, but Pittsburgh still got a, a lot on the line. They can clinch a playoff berth if they win today against the Ravens and then also either a Jaguars loss, a Bills loss, or a Texans-Colts tie. Um, but even if they lose... They would still need a Broncos win, a Jacksonville loss, and another thing but a tie in the Texans game. So there's a lot of crazy things that need to go on for uh, several teams this week to be able to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. Um, you know, it's a little confusing to understand it sometimes, but no, we're going to go ahead and try to break it down anyway. Um, when you look at that game, you know, you see some lines, you see some spreads, and in week 18, you know 
never know because a lot of stars are being rested as well. That's what we should be doing right now if we didn't um, mess up the game plan from last week. So saying that, like I said, the Ravens are locked in the number one. You have the Texans playing at Indianapolis. That's at 815 tonight. Now, you really, you couldn't have stakes that are, you know, any more different from those in last season's no, final. What's going to happen is that if if the Texans continue to rely on Stroud and the passing game, then they're going to be okay. The, the, the Colts, their defense relies heavily on the cover three defense, but Stroud's had great success against that. So I'm looking for the Texans to actually win this game and get into the playoffs. I, I think that um, the the Colts, they've allowed the third highest completion percentage, which is going to you know, add to their downfall in this one. And I think that the Texans win by the 13, 14 points in this one. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock, the Browns, 11-5 and five at the Bengals, 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, since he's favored in this game, again, um, there isn't much on the line here. The Browns are in the playoffs, and they're the number five seed. So they're not going to be able to move up or down. They're going to arrest some players, and since he is out of it, they were eliminated last week. So, you know, since he may even be able to win this game. You have the Vikings at the Lions. Now, these rivals, they're going to meet for the second time in three weeks. They played two weeks ago um, when the Lions clinched the division for the first time, if you remember, I think since 1993, I guess it was, because it was 30 years. So Detroit has a chance to secure a 12-win season for just the second time in franchise history. The Vikings are holding on to a slim chance of reaching the playoffs, but there are so many scenarios that have to happen. I'm not even going to mention them all. So what I think is going to happen, I think Justin Jefferson goes out there. I think he's got a great game. Um, and you know, coming back from that injury that he had, uh, he's going to go out there and perform well. You got Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta you know, for the Lions. They're out there playing well. Um, you know, what's at stake? Well, like I said, the Lions are going to either be a number two or a number three seed in the playoffs. So for the most part, they can relax on Sunday, but the Vikings really need to win to hold on to their uh, playoff dream. So I think that at the end of this game, I think that the Lions playing relaxed, they're going to go out there and play well. They want that two seed. I think the Lions win this game by a touchdown. You have Jacksonville at the Titans. The Titans are 5-11. and 11. Jacksonville is 9-11. and 11. Jacksonville is trying to win their first 10-game, 10 10-win 10 game season since 2017. So... Lawrence, is he going to play? I don't know. But if he does play, he only needs 264 yards to become the first Jaguars quarterback with multiple 4,000-yard seasons. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a good game. He's going to rush over 100 yards. I think that... um, you know, it's all about the Jaguars in this game. They can win the AFC South with the victory. 
Now, even if they lose, they can still clinch, but they would also need the Broncos to lose, the Steelers to lose, and anything but a tie in that Texans-Colts game that we mentioned. I think when it comes down to it, I do look for um, Tennessee. Uh, I look for Tennessee to lose this game to Jacksonville probably by 10 points. You got the Falcons and the Saints. So... After last week's scenario down here against the Bucks, the Saints need a win and the Buccaneers lost to win the NFC South. So, you know, can that happen? And, you know, you can you know, flip a coin probably on, on both of these games. The Saints are 8-8, eight and eight, the Falcons are 7-9. and nine. If Tampa, if, if we lose on Sunday, then the winner of this game would win the NFC South. So if the Bucks lose, then whoever wins the Saints-Falcons game is going to you know, be the number four seed in, um, in the playoffs, winning the NFC South. I really think that the um, Saints are the better team. I think the Falcons need, need a quarterback, and in my opinion, they need a coach because he's made some calls this year that are just mind-boggling to me. I think Tyler Algier comes back, has a great game for the Falcons along B. John Robinson, although I don't think that they play these players the right way or Atlanta would be better than they are right now. I look for the Saints to go ahead and uh, win this game. It'll be a close game, most of those games are with those two teams, but I do think that the Saints win this game by six points. Now, you have the Jets at the Patriots. The Jets are 6-10. and 10. You have the Patriots are 4-12. and 12. So both of these teams were eliminated a long time ago. Neither one of them can land a, a top draft pick. The uh, Patriots may be in the top three, but that's it. So we're not even going to no, talk about this game. doesn't really much matter to anybody. The Bears at the Packers. The Bears are 7-9. and nine. The Packers are 8-8. Eight and eight. What's at stake in this one? Well, the Packers can make the playoffs with a win. But even if the Bears beat the Packers, Green Bay can still slide into the postseason with losses from Minnesota and Seattle and either New Orleans or Tampa Bay. So, you know, what's gonna what, what do you need to know about this game? Bears wide receiver DJ Moore has thirteen hundred receiving yards this season, the fifth most in franchise history. He's two receiving yards shy of passing Jeff Graham in nineteen ninety five for the fourth place and 101 yards shy of passing Marcus Robinson. Is he going to get 101 yards? They're going to go to him a lot in this game, so I probably think he will. Um, I do look for the Packers to win this game by seven. Four o'clock game or 430 game, whatever you want to call it. You no, know, you have the Eagles at the Giants. The Eagles have been a dumpster fire for the last I don't know, six weeks or so. Um, they set a record last year with 70 sacks, but they have just 11 in their past seven games. So again, they're a team that goes as their defense goes pretty much and similar to the Bucks. However, you know, the Eagles, they have a playoff spot. The Bucks don't right now. The Eagles have one, but they need a win and a Cowboys loss to take the NFC East title. I don't think that's going to happen because the Dallas is playing the Commanders. I think that Dallas will win that game. But nonetheless, it looks as though... Um, that the Eagles may be down here playing Tampa if um, 
know, if Tampa is able to win. So we'll see what happens. I do think that the Eagles win this game by two touchdowns and um, see where they play after that. Mentioned just about the Cowboys and Washington. The Commanders are 4-12. and Obviously, they have no chance of going anywhere. The Cowboys are 11-5. and So Cowboys are obviously in the playoffs and in the driver's seat for that NFC East. They, if they win, it's a division title for Dallas. But even if they lose, they can still win the division if the Eagles also lose. Anyway, the, the Commanders, they're looking at a possibility of a number two overall pick in the draft. Cowboys win this game. They win the NFC East. And that's my pick on that. You have Seattle, 8-8 eight and eight at the Cardinals, 4-12. and 12. Uh, Well, you saw what the Cardinals did to Philly. So who's to say what's going to happen in this game? Um, what's at stake? Seattle can make the playoffs. They can make the playoffs if they win and get a Packers loss. Which, you know, are the Packers going to lose? Uh, it's a little bit unlikely, but uh, the Cardinals, well, they have a chance of in the top five for a draft pick. So not much here. I say that the um, Cardinals actually pull the upset in this game. I just don't feel that Seattle is going in the right direction at the end of the season. Uh, so I'm going to pick um, the Cardinals in this one. You have the Rams, 9-7 and seven at the 49ers. Um, what's at stake in this one? Both of these teams are in the playoffs. Neither has much to play for. The Niners are going to be the top seed in the NFC. Uh, the Rams will be either a six or a seven seed. You may see a lot of people resting in this game. Um, I don't think Cooper Cup's going to play. Um, Christian McCaffrey is not going to play. Uh, so anyone can win this game. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's not a good game to watch for those reasons. The Chiefs at the Chargers. The Chiefs, um, they're going to be a number three seed in the playoffs as the AFC West champion, no matter what happens. So more eyes are going to be on the Chargers. They, again, they're playing for a draft pick pretty much. So again, not a lot of drama in this game. You have the Broncos at the Raiders. Broncos are 8-8. Eight and eight. The Raiders are 7-9. and nine. Neither of these two teams are in the playoff picture, so we're not going to really talk about that one. Um, you have the Bills at the Dolphins. This is a big game, probably the best game of the weekend. Um, what's at stake in this one? Well, here's what happens. The winner takes the AFC East and the conference's number two seed. But... Difference is Miami is in no matter what, but Buffalo could miss the playoffs if it loses. So to make the playoffs in that scenario, it would need either a Jacksonville loss, a Steelers loss, or a Texans-Colts tie. Should be a very good game. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo in this one. They're playing very well lately, and nobody wants to play Buffalo, especially if they make the playoffs. So that's the rest of the games this year, this year for the week 18. We'd love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. We'll be right back talking some more football and a little bit of lightning. You're in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.
Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797-7096. Or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, college football fans. Final game of the season, Monday night. We have J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan Wolverines are taking on Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies in Houston to see who's going to take home the title of national champion. So both of these teams are 14-0. So for all your purists out there, it should be a matchup that's meant to be and see what happens. I, for one, thought that Washington would get beat by Texas. I did think that Michigan would win. So I guess I was uh, one out of two on that one. I've been, I just for some reason, all year long, I thought that Washington, they've won so many close games that I thought they're... Cinderella ride was about to expire, but in the meantime, they go 14-0 and and deserve to be here in the final game. I think that if you look at this game, um, Michigan's a five-point favorite to win. Um, You know, if you look at this game right now, the, the Huskies, they need to strike first and really put a little bit of pressure, in my opinion, on Michigan. Michigan has a very good defense and they're going to rush you so um the huskies can throw the ball but michigan's very well coached with harbaugh there i'd like to see Penix win he's a tampa native um and i think that for all the times i've gone against washington this year it's probably the time to go with them so hopefully that's not the kiss of death for them but you know the question is will this be harbaugh's last year as a college coach will he be going to the nfl after this are there going to be sanctions against him in michigan for those alleged um looking at other teams practicing going to other games and all that nonsense that transpired during this season that led up to his suspension for a couple games. Um, you don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that after all the, the hoopla and everything, we still have some local fans, Florida State fans, talking about uh, Florida State being ostracized from the uh, college football playoff. Uh, if you saw what happened to them in the game against Oklahoma, against, um, uh, Georgia, then it's pretty hard to say anything after that because obviously when you have 87% of your offense uh, players that scored not showing up for the game and so many people opting out that it was really a very poor performance all the way around by, by Florida State. Say what you will, there's an argument to be made that they deserved uh, to possibly be in the final uh, four teams, but the way that they ended the season, I think, leaves a very bad taste in the mouth of a lot of people, uh, whether you're a fan or not. But either way, the season does come to an end on Monday. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to win this game. Uh, again, Michigan's a five-point favorite. Um, Penix, a, a local talent, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to say Michigan wins this game, uh, even though I'm hoping that, that Washington does. We'll be right back to talk a little bit of the NHL. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. It's not your fault. It's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. 800-514-2152. That's 800-514-2152. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Lightning fans, how about the game against the Wild on Thursday night? We beat them for the first time since uh, Vinny LeCavier was a on the team here. So it was a nice 4-1 to victory. Uh, Darren Radish had a couple of goals and Victor Hedman now had a power play goal too. So right now the, the Lightning are playing, I think they're starting to capitalize on the defensive um, new system that's being put in. You have the All-Star game coming up here in about a month. So that should be interesting. See who makes that for the Lightning. Again, I don't put much... Um, emphasis on any of the all-star games like I mentioned earlier in the show however I think that Kucherov this year he is definitely in the running for MVP he has 27 goals so far 10 of them are power play goals he's you know leading the team in assists with 37 and total points with uh I think 64 so he's on a tear this year and I'll tell you what it, it's hard to find anyone that can do what he can do with that puck he's someone who would prefer to go out there and have an assist than actually score but the lightning do need his uh stick out there and he's been coming through right now the uh, Lightning are in the playoff hunt. They're the second wildcard team with 43 points right behind Philly, who has 44. So those two teams are um, neck and neck for the first wildcard team. I don't push the panic button with the Lightning at all until the end of January, right before the All-Star break. I think you're going to see the team come out after the break and really show what they have. I think everything's going to start to mesh and look for them to finish strong. So I don't have any, any no concerns about the Lightning right now. I do have some concerns about the Rays with Wander Franco, however, the the it's not really good what's going on. If you saw the video of Franco being led out of a Dominican Republic uh, court hearing and handcuffs, it um it, it really isn't a, a good picture. It really isn't something that you want to see if you're a um, fan of the Rays, a fan of baseball, or just you know anyone in general. So there's allegations against Franco of some um, 
uh, underage dealings with some minors, with some money laundering, with the mother of some underage person. So no one knows all the details. It's really tough to find out what's going on down there, except that when you do look at the situation, last summer, you had Franco and a Rosarina finally being you know, talked about in the um, Major League Baseball and some of their advertisements and whatnot. And it's really a shame because they were coming into their own and all of a sudden they had that issue with Franco and Cash uh, disagreement and Cash got um, suspended Franco for a, for a couple games. Uh, right now, though, it appears anything can happen. You know, who knows? A couple weeks from now, it um, you know, Franco may be cleared of all charges, but from the standpoint that I'm looking at it right now, it is um, not a good situation for him and some of the bad decisions that he has made. And it does make you wonder, you know, with the uh, older players on the Rays, who are the mentors? Who are the, the players on that team that can uh, talk to some of these younger players and try to keep them on the straight and narrow. You give you give a 19, 20 year old, um, you know, all the money that these players are getting. A lot of times they go down the wrong path and obviously end up in a situation uh, not becoming to um, anything positive. So let's hope that at this point things work out for everyone involved in the situation. I don't think that. If these things are true, if the allegations and charges hold up, then obviously I don't believe that Franco will be playing for the Rays or anyone else in the Major League Baseball next year. Maybe a while, if ever, that he's able to recover from this. So again, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Let's uh, you know hope that everything works out for everyone involved. Guys, that's all the time we have. It was a great show. Thank you so much for uh, all the feedback. There were emails, tremendous emails regarding the college football playoff, and especially with the Bucks. Uh, I, I do think this. I do think that a lot of people ask me what my my take is on the game this weekend. Who I'm who I'm taking. I am gonna say that the Bucks go out and win this game in a good fashion. I know a lot of people are saying it's gonna be a close game. It was a close game the first time they played it and won by a field goal. Something's telling me that the Bucks are going to lay it all on the line. They're going to put everything together. They're going to rally around their leader, who's Mayfield, and come out and play one of their better games of the season. And I do look for the Bucks to win this game and then sit back to see who they play as they host someone in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, right now, it looks as though if they do win, it could be Philly, but that could change. So we will see what happens. In the meantime, everyone have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. You've been in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Talk to you next time.